Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. We talk a lot in this show about providing members with value. If you've listened to many episodes, you've probably noticed that being truly helpful for members comes in many different shapes and sizes. And I hope that you find the stories that you've heard to be inspirational and full of little idea nuggets that you can apply to your own organization. Still, you may find yourself returning to questions like, how can my organization create more value? Are there parts of the member experience where we aren't performing as well as we could? If those questions feel familiar, I'd like to invite you to download my free member experience scorecard. It's a quick one-page assessment that tells you exactly where your membership-based organization has areas of strength that you can build on and areas of gap where you're probably going to want to improve. The scorecard is free and in less than 10 minutes, you'll gain some actionable insights. You can grab your copy right now at joyofmembership.com slash scorecard. Abai Karana is a marketing professional, a podcast host, and a father of five. As the chief marketing officer of Feather, a marketing technology company that specializes in working with associations, he leads the content, creative, partnerships, and demand generation functions of Feather's business. I started seeing Feather pop up more over the past year in the discussion forums for the American Society of Association Executives. And then one day, an email popped into my inbox that sparked this podcast collaboration. This week's conversation will be with Abai, and then next week, you'll hear the story of one of Feather's customers, the California Pharmacists Association, and what they've been able to do to enhance their outreach with this digital marketing platform. I hope you enjoy this quick introduction to Abai and the work that he's doing to help associations at Feather. Hey, Abai, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you could be here to talk with us about what you do and how Feather supports associations. Can you give us a little bit of um, background on who you are and who you help? Of course. And first of all, thank you so much for having us, Joy. I'm so excited to be here after listening to several episodes myself. Now to be on the podcast is really enjoyable for me. In a nutshell, Feather helps associations do modern digital marketing to a level that many have not done in the past. And that is something that we've noticed becoming 
even more necessary in the days of the pandemic, where time online has gone up even more than it was already in the past. Like in 2019, I think it was seven hours was the average amount of time that an adult in the US spent online per day. And so then for the needs of an association in terms of their communication, in terms of their marketing, being digitally ready is of course more important than ever. And the pandemic has really accelerated that. And Feather makes tools and provides services to help associations do digital marketing to the next level. So when you talk about digital marketing, what exactly falls under that umbrella for you? Yeah, it's really any digital communications channel. You know, I think the landscape changes all the time. And that's one of the challenges with staying up to date with digital as a communication channel, or as a marketing channel, is that the actual underlying mix may shift in terms of what's important at a certain point in time. Like, for example, today, LinkedIn is a really powerful channel for organic digital marketing. There's a lot of natural distribution and reach of content that's published there. Whereas three years ago, that wasn't the case. And so the actual components of effective digital marketing may change somewhat over time. But when I say digital marketing, it's the whole gamut. It's email, it's programmatic advertising, display retargeting, it's social, organic and paid, it's SEO, it's SEM. Within those categories, Feather really specializes in a few, specifically programmatic advertising uh, and digital referral marketing, turning your sponsors, partners, speakers, exhibitors, and so on into advocates for your organization. But digital marketing is really the whole umbrella. So where do you think organizations tend to get stuck with digital marketing? I think there's two main places. One is on this kind of technology overwhelm, or basically answering the question where to get started. Basically, everybody has email in place today, and that's, of course, a necessary channel. But beyond that, I think associations and organizations get stuck in choosing the right channel mix for them. Uh, and there's a lot of fear of spending a lot of time getting deep into a channel just for it to not work out. And so there's some hesitation to really invest into new digital marketing channels, which is really logical and makes a lot of sense. And so we've done the work in terms of assembling a toolkit of digital marketing products that we've proven out to work for associations. You know, today we work with more than 800 associations and they're all using our tools. And so that's one way that we help. And that's one common area that people get stuck in is in the, basically the digital tool and channel selection challenge. And then the other one is team readiness. It's assembling the team, having expertise on the team, somebody to manage the channel, somebody to test it out and measure it and make modifications because nothing is going to work on the very first try. You're going to have somebody own it for a long time and iterate and test and see what works and then change course. And that's another area that, that we typically see people get stuck on the selection process and then on the kind of team readiness implementation side of things. And Definitely, I can say from the perspective of working with quite a few associations, digital marketing is not something that is typically effectively done by just handing it to someone who spends a lot of time on social media. There's definitely an art and a science to it that you really have to understand. Absolutely. And I think this is one, another common mistake that we see is that sometimes associations will celebrate the beginning point. Right? They'll create their Instagram uh, profile, for example, and have their first series of six posts scheduled and their first promo email to their audience or to their member base announcing that they're on Instagram. And that feels like the win. And certainly to some degree, it should be celebrated. But to make 
Instagram in this case, or any digital marketing channel successful, it's a long-term investment and, and it needs somebody to, to own it. And it needs a team and a strategy behind it to really make it successful in the long-term. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not just launch the thing, do the thing, get in the certain channel. It's have a strategy behind it, have somebody who owns it, who is measuring it and testing and iterating over time. And that's how you get to success eventually. So can you give us a couple of examples of organizations that have experienced success as your company has been supporting them? And where has that success come from? Like, Where are they placing their focus? Yeah, there's a couple of really, I guess, quick digital marketing wins that we try to set people up with at the get-go. And one is with display retargeting. Retargeting is a digital marketing tech that's been around for a while, very prevalent especially in retail. So you go to some kind of online retail site, maybe you're looking at a jacket or something, right? And, and you leave, you decide not to purchase the product at the moment. And then you go to Facebook, you go to the New York Times, you go to any site online and you just see that jacket following you all over the place. And that's not a coincidence, that's retargeting at play. That's what that technology enables. And so retargeting is one of our core products that we support our associations with letting them do that exact same thing on their behalf. So somebody comes to say a virtual event registration page, they don't register and they leave. And what do they see when they leave and visit the rest of the web? They see ads for that same virtual event for you. And that can be really effective. What's especially nice about it is not so much that the you know banner graphics on those sites are amazing because they're not amazing. But what is amazing is the relevance of those impressions and the relevance of that as a marketing channel. Because these are people that are already in market. They are already aware of your brand and they've just decided to not take action for the moment. And so you're staying in touch with them wherever they go online, staying top of mind such that when it is a better time or that final message through that ad makes the decision for them, they are able to take action. And so retargeting is one of the quick wins that we set people up with going from not doing any of that and just losing the 95% of site traffic that comes to your site but doesn't convert, without retargeting, you're basically just losing that and hoping that they come back at some point. Retargeting gives you more control over making that revisit take place. And that's something that we've helped a lot of associations with. One that comes to mind recently is ACFE, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. And in the pandemic, the demand of their audience for ongoing education went through the roof, so to speak, because in the fraud world, with more and more time online, that's more and more opportunity for fraud. And so what was happening, and this was complete news to me, of course, I have nothing to do with the fraud industry, but I was speaking to John Loftus from there. And he was telling me that all kinds of new fraud techniques had developed and accelerated in the pandemic with everybody being more time online, there was more opportunity for that. And so as an organization, they were keeping up with releasing new and new educational programs for their members to help them stay on top of these kind of trends in online fraud. And their members were needing that from them. And so they developed those products and marketed them in several ways and packaged many of them into some of their virtual events. They had a couple of virtual events over the summer, one in Europe and one that was intended to be Europe that was taken virtual and then their annual meeting. And uh, retargeting was a really successful channel for them in terms of getting the word out about these new educational programs and about the virtual events as well. 
That's fascinating. <laughs> I've been watching with great interest what organizations have been doing, you know, the shifts that they're doing with their events. And I can see how retargeting would be an important way of reminding people that this is coming up and you didn't register yet. Being yeah. able to ping people multiple times. And it's funny because I just literally had a conversation with my husband over the weekend because I was shopping for gifts <laughs> and the, the gifts that I selected, all of a sudden that category of thing was popping up like all the time. I'm like, you could tell what I've been shopping for. <laughs> <laughs> it might spoil the surprise huh, if someone else is using your computer. <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so retargeting is um, one place where you've seen organizations having success. What about yeah. another example of um, someone who has been doing something interesting with their digital marketing sure. that you think other associations can learn from? Yeah, one that comes to mind is on the flip side of retargeting. So the one use of retargeting is what we've just described, which is using retargeting to stay in front of your own audience for your own purposes, basically, to promote your own programs or resources, et cetera. The other one is to use retargeting to get your sponsors' messages in front of your website audience. And that creates a revenue generation opportunity for you as the association. But it's also of huge value to sponsors today that have basically had the majority of traditional B2B marketing channels fall off the face of the earth. Not completely, but really become degraded in performance. You think about very few or no B2B events, mm -hmm. which many B2B companies rely on, which are often run by these associations, you know, to exhibit and sponsor and, mm -hmm. and to get customers through. Also, direct mail has become severely challenged as a marketing channel today with people not being in the office. Print publications and advertising and print publications that are industry focused has also become much less of an effective marketing channel. So, the one thing I think I would say to a lot of associations is that while the pandemic has, of course, hit us and hit the association industry, it has also hit our members and specifically our partners and our sponsors and our exhibitors and the people who rely on us to do business. And they are needing new digital methods to get in front of that same high quality audience that you provide as a professional or a trade association. And that is more of a need now for sponsors and exhibitors than ever before. So recently we published a case study and worked with an organization called the Pediatric Academic Societies. Their bread and butter was their annual meeting. And they had dozens and dozens of sponsors and exhibitors that relied on that meeting to meet their society members and to market and to sell to them. And then that annual meeting was canceled because of COVID. I think it was initially scheduled for April. And what immediately happened in their case is that they got, as soon as they announced the cancellation of their annual meeting, they got several messages from sponsors being like, but hey, wait, what about us? We still need a way to get in front of your members and in front of, in front of these attendees. What else can you offer us? We still want to spend money with you. We still want to partner with you. And we still want to get in front of your audience. What can we do? And so for pediatric academic societies, what they, using Feather, they offered sponsored retargeting packages to those same sponsors, which allows those sponsors to retarget anybody who visits, in this case, say the event website, and then leaves with ads following them around the web with whatever message the sponsor uh, would like to put in front of that audience. 
And that's a really compelling form of digital sponsorship because it's the right audience. It's people who are visiting your site. You can even go more narrow. You can go people who visit the site, say three times in a week. So it's maybe a more engaged audience or people who visit certain sections of the site that kind of indicate a certain kind of interest potentially. And so pediatric academic societies pitch this as the alternative to an in-person event sponsorship to a handful of sponsors and got a bunch of quick sales. And I think they successfully resold about 15% of their exhibitor and sponsor base that they were just at risk of churning once the annual meeting was canceled. They successfully resold about 15% of their exhibitor and sponsor base with just a couple of weeks worth of work trying to do a quick turnaround with the sponsored retargeting package. And that was a really successful moment in time for them and such that in 2021, they're making sponsored retargeting part of all of their exhibitor and sponsor proposals for in-person, for virtual, for everything, because it was such an interesting success for them in this initial run. Well, that's such a creative solution for creating value for the vendors who are partnering with you on an event like that. And I love the fact that it is a strategy that organizations can carry forward, you know, beyond this pandemic period. You can Mm -hmm. have kind of this hybrid model of having some digital marketing options that are available for your vendor sponsors. Yeah. So if an organization thinks that they might be interested in exploring some other digital marketing options, where do you suggest that they start? Well, one thing that we've been trying to do as a company is bring together leading association marketers to share what's working and what's not working for them. Because again, it is somewhat of a moving target. Uh, And what works for one organization may not work for another one. And so we've started a podcast called the Association Marketing Show. Very straightforward title. (laughs) But it's interviews. I'm the host and I just interview leading association marketers from around the country, asking them about how their marketing team is set up, what channels they use, what tools they use, what campaigns they've run that work well for them, what recommendations they would make to other association marketers. And we just we talk association marketing for 20 to 30 minutes per episode, sometimes a little bit longer. I'm trying to get better at that. But we have great conversations about association marketing. And so that's definitely one place to stay in the loop with what's happening in the industry and what's happening with marketing specifically. And then other than that, I'm biased, of course, because I manage the marketing team at Feather, but we put out a lot of great content for association marketers, the podcast being one piece. We do webinars, we do ebooks, we do blog articles, we do case studies highlighting what's working in the digital marketing space for associations. Well, I think that'll be really useful for people to look up. And I love simplicity because I went and searched for association marketing show and your podcast popped right up. So (laughs) very easy to find. Yeah. Okay. Where can people connect with Feather if they want to learn more about your services? The website is feather.co and I'll spell that because Feather is spelled funny and then it's not .com, it's .co. It's F-E-A-T-H-R dot co so there's no second e and it's feather.co and you can browse around look at our some of our product pages and see what tools we offer and if you're interested there's a big get started button at the top of the site and you can get in touch with us and and we'll show you around in more detail uh, that's a good place to go awesome thanks so much for being here really appreciate it you're welcome thank you joy 
Chloe here popping back in with just a few thoughts about this week's episode. So I'm curious if you are using any kind of digital marketing to get in front of current or prospective members. Chances are good that you are, but you may not even be thinking about it from that context. If you're producing content that you put online, like blog posts or social media posts or articles on LinkedIn, or maybe you're sending out emails or you're just posting about stuff that you're doing on social media, you are actively engaging in digital marketing. The trouble with digital marketing to me is that it seems like it's getting harder and harder to get a member's attention, doesn't it? I mean, perhaps even you personally feel like you are being bombarded with digital marketing all of the time. Well, that's actually why I loved having the conversation with a buy on this week's show. Because the truth is, if you're going to be investing your time into producing digital content, why wouldn't you want to get it in front of as many people as possible who could potentially have an interest in seeing it? Now, most people who seek out my support as a consultant are concerned about growth and reach. They are focused intently on the first stage of member experience that I call discovery. Yet digital marketing tools like Feather can be used for so much more. What about getting more of your current members engaged in online conversation about an upcoming event? How about simply boosting registrations for that event or bringing in additional revenue from the event by getting your work in front of potential sponsors? When most organizations think about digital marketing, they're not thinking as creatively as they could be. There are so many more opportunities and perhaps opportunities that are easier to target than what you might be currently trying. I hope this week's chat with Abai sparks some creative thoughts for you. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech, joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.